We all have dreams, and whether large or small, dreams take steps to achieve. And sometimes we think it takes a complex formula to get where we want to be. But in actuality, small steps over time create big results. This is The Tipping Point. Well, good morning, everybody. Well, thanks for being at LifePoint today. So I want to confess something, and I bet a lot of you guys, especially you husbands, will be able to relate. Um, I lose things. I misplace things. I can't find stuff in the house. When my wife says, hey, go get that, I'll say, it's not there. I used to say, if it's not there, I'll eat it. And she's like, let me get the salt because I know it's really there. And so she'll go and she'll find something in a room that I previously just looked for. Anybody, can anybody relate to that or is it just me? She's got some kind of magic that it was there all along, but my eyes didn't see it. Or I don't know if God made our eyes differently, uh, male and female, where one can see stuff and another one can't, maybe. Ladies are like, that's exactly the way it is because I just, I, it'll be right in front of me and I won't see it. I think, I know that many of you who are followers of Christ are not seeing something that God has clearly given you in your life. And today, I hope over the next few minutes that you can start to discover a gift that's been given to you by God that you may have never seen before. And you can start to realize that you're valuable and you have gifts. Just imagine if you discovered the way you're really gifted, the way God has gifted you, it would be a game changer for your life. What if there was not only a way to discover your gift, but a way to know how you could use your gift to make a big difference in the world? You probably want to know how to do that. Because when you discover your God-given gifts, you open up a whole new potential in your life. You open up potential for yourself to enjoy things you never enjoyed before, and you also help move the church's mission forward when you discover the gifts that God has blessed you with. We've been in the series called The Tipping Point, and what we're talking about in The Tipping Point is simply these small investments we can make over time that lead to us gathering some momentum in our lives. That this small investment added to this small investment added to this small investment, we will eventually start to feel some momentum in our lives and it will lead to rapid life change for all of us. And so we put this series together talking about many different things we can implement into our lives that'll make a big difference. And here's what we're going to discover today as we look at this small change that everybody in this room can make that'll lead to big results. We're going to discover this. The church is a family and every person has a part to play. God's church is a big family of people and every single person who says yes to Jesus has a part to play in it. And it's much more than what you're doing right now. 
Now, this is part of it, coming here, gathering together, worshiping together, enjoying this encouraging time together. This is definitely part of it, but this is not all of it. And I'm hoping over the next 25 minutes that you start to resolve in yourself that you are going to take a step maybe you've never taken before. And I believe if you do it, it's going to lead to some big change in your life. There's some Bibles coming in the aisles right now. Raise your hand if you would like one of those. You can keep it. You can also borrow along, follow along on the screen as well. We're going to be looking at a section of Scripture in the New Testament in a book called 1 Corinthians. I'll explain what that's about in just a minute. But if you know much about the life of Jesus, Jesus came to earth for a, a purpose. His purpose was to reveal God to us, and his purpose was to sacrifice his life for our sins, and his purpose was to show us what it looked like to really follow God with all of our lives. And he accomplished that purpose. And when Jesus was ready after he had been executed, he died, he was resurrected, he gives this message before he leaves the earth to the people who had committed to following him. And he meets with them to say, I'm going to leave you in charge. Here's my charge to you. And it's recorded in the New Testament book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, when Jesus said these words, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He's telling them where they're going to go, to places they've never been before, to people they've never been around before. And he's saying, you are going to be able to do something because you're going to have this power that you wouldn't have otherwise, this power of his Holy Spirit. And you're going to be able to do things as you're my witnesses, he says, that you wouldn't normally be able to do. And being his witness simply meant that they were to go out and love the world the way Jesus did. That they were to go out and speak his name. That they were to go out and let people know about Jesus. He's saying, hey, I'm leaving all of you in charge. This is what I want you to do. That's what he says to us. If you say yes to Jesus, he's saying, now you're in charge of getting my message out to the world that desperately needs to hear it. So all of us who follow Christ, when we have that knowledge that we're forgiven, it comes with a responsibility that it's now our charge to let the world know about Jesus. It's not our charge to say, now I know Jesus, I'm just gonna go on with life. He wants us to radically alter the way we think and act and who we are so we will take seriously his charge to go let the world know. And he promises us the same thing he promised those people. In the scripture I just read to you from Acts chapter 1, the power of his Holy Spirit, which he gives to each of us when we say yes to him. He's saying, I want you to go be my hands and my feet and my eyes and my heart for this lost world. And so if you fast forward past what I just read in Acts chapter 1, people began to listen and they began to accept this message of Christ. And as they did that, churches started getting planted all over that area of the world. 
And as that happened, leaders started to emerge. And those leaders would emerge and they would start a church and then they, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit and they would write back to these churches that they had helped get going to help teach them because they didn't know everything about Jesus. They had a lot to learn. And so that's mostly what the New Testament is. It's letters written back to churches who were trying to follow Jesus with all their lives. And so I'm going to read from one of those letters today. and It's called 1 Corinthians. That means there's a 2 Corinthians. It's to a church in a town called Corinth where people had People had been following God, some of them. Some of them had not been following God, but all these people come together. They believe in Jesus, some of them right out of some of the most unimaginable, immoral living that you could think about. Now they know Jesus, their life's radically altered. And the Apostle Paul, who was one of those people whose life was radically altered and started this church in Corinth, writes back to them, and he's telling them about the gifts that God had given them. And so he starts to teach them in chapter 12 of this letter about how these gifts work and where these gifts come from and what these gifts that God gives everybody who says yes to Jesus are all about. In verse 4, he says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. What he's trying to say is there's a lot of gifts that are expressed in a lot of different ways, but there is one Lord, there is one Spirit, and there is one God. Back when our church was new, we used to send out tons of mailers all the time. So much people would say, stop mailing me, I'll come to church, or Stop mailing me or you're going to be in trouble. You know, Either way, we got a response because that's what we were wanting. So many of you may be here because you got a mailer years ago. But when we were doing that, every now and then, because other churches do the same thing, and somebody would bring a mailer from another church and they would say, hey, I just wanted you to see this so you could see your competition. And I would always say, no, that is not our competition. We're on the same team. They might be expressing it differently. They might be reaching people that we could never reach. And also that goes the other way around. But we're part of one church in one city. So the church down the street or wherever, it's not our competition. It's part of the same family of God that we are part of. It's part of, this, part of the same body of Christ that we are part of. That is what the Apostle Paul is trying to tell them on an individual level. Like you all might have different gifts and they may be expressed in different ways, but you're all part of the same body of Christ. Every person who says yes to Jesus. Then he says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So that means everybody who says yes to Jesus receives this spiritual gift. Why? So we can help each other. So we can make each other better. So we can help move the church's mission forward. That's why we're given a spiritual gift. And you might be thinking, well, what is a spiritual gift? Is that something, do I have to take a class to get one? Does it cost anything? Can I pick it up, you know, at the Welcome Center? Where can I get this gift? A spiritual gift can sometimes be confused with a talent. A talent is, if you can 
kick a ball really far or throw it or run faster and you're really strong. You can do something physically better than anybody else in a, in a sporting event. You'll probably get to go to college for free and you'll probably make a lot of money at it. That is talent. That's different than being gifted. A gift that is, some, is something that comes supernaturally given to us by God when we receive the message of Christ into our life. And you may be carrying this gift around in your life and you've never popped the top on it. You've never opened the box to see, well, what is this gift that I've been given by his Holy Spirit when I said yes to Jesus that I'm not sure what it is? Well, I'm going to help you figure that out today. The New Testament lists a lot of different gifts. Things like teaching and administration and encouragement and giving and intercessory prayer and discernment. I can't even go through the long list. It's so long of all the different spiritual gifts. But he says one, at least one, is given to each of us. For example, when I was a teenager, nobody ever came to me and said, young man, you're a leader. And we want to help you use that leadership gift to make a difference. Nobody ever said, you know what, Donnie, you have very good speaking skills. We would like to help you with that. And we would like to teach you how to do that better. Nobody said that to me. But it wasn't long after I said yes to Jesus that people at the church where I found Jesus started saying to me were things like, hey, you're a leader. I would say, me, a leader? Like, eh, I'm not sure about that. We think you could do a really good job speaking and teaching, so we would like you to do that. And I would say, uh, no, I'm afraid that's not me. That's just not something I have any desire to do. And, and they would even say things like, we think you could be, and what they would have said was a preacher. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Cannot do that. I would even get up and go to the restroom in my small group Bible study in college when I thought I was going to have to lead a prayer in front of 25 people. So how did I get from that to being able to do what I do today? A spiritual gift given by God in a supernatural way when I said yes to Jesus. That's where it came from. You have one of those or more than one of those. You have some ability, some gift that you didn't have other than Jesus showed up in your life and the Holy Spirit indwelled you when you said yes to him and you have a gift. You know, when somebody moves into their house, what do you do? You take them a housewarming gift. Hey, welcome to your new house. Here's a gift for you. When the Holy Spirit shows up in our life, he says, here is a gift. And I want you to use this gift to help each other. So if you've said yes to Jesus, if you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, just hang on. I got some things to share with you. But if you've said yes to Jesus and you're thinking, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know what they are. I'm going to help you do that over the next 13 minutes and 48 seconds. I'm going to help you get there to where you'll leave with what you need to know what your gift is. He says a spiritual gift is given to each of us to help each other. So a spiritual gift is given to us by God when we say yes to Jesus. And a spiritual gift is expressed in a lot of different ways. And so the Apostle Paul continues to talk about these gifts, and he talks about them by comparing them to our physical bodies. And so he says this, the human body has many parts, and they make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. 
There's a lot of different parts, but they make up one body. Even here, we have a lot of different gifts, but it makes up one church. We had a lo- have a lot of people who do different things. So I thought, how could I illustrate this one body, many parts, and what it's like when people don't know their gifts? How could I illustrate? This is the best I could come up with. So <laughs> one body, many different parts. Some of you might even look like this. You may even be, you're like, yeah, I'm shaped just like that. So, but he's saying one body, many different parts. And he goes on to say in verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would you make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? What he's trying to say is, all are important. Clearly, people in that context were feeling a little bit competitive, like, hey, I'm good at this, I'm good at that. Because some gifts are displayed publicly more than other ones. And so people were feeling like some were more important than others. You see the gifts up here. You see people who sing. You see people who teach and and play instruments and and come out and lead us in some way from the stage. And you might be thinking, well, I don't have that gift. And maybe you don't. But let me tell you what happened this morning. I came by early this morning about 7 o'clock to adjust a scripture that I wanted to share with you today. And the power was off in this room. There had been some kind of a power surge or power outage last night. So when that happens, like if it happened right now, it would get dark in here really fast and the, the, like the emergency lights would come on. And that's what was going on when I got here. Couldn't get the computer turned on. I just ran an extension cord, text everybody. I said, hey, fix this, please. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And so they got it all fixed, but you don't know that. But when people showed up that knew what they were doing, they made me look better like I do know what I'm doing. And so there's not one part, you can't say, well, Donnie, because you teach, you're more important than them. Because if they hadn't have done what they were doing, it would be sounding like. And so every part, I just freaked out the sound guy. Sorry about that. (laughs) Every part has a, every person has a part to play. Every part is important although every part may not have the same level of visibility. So if I took, if I had a knife and I said, hey, which body part would you like to lose? Well, none of them. I don't want to lose any part of my body. I'll keep it all. Thank you. So no matter what your gift is, it's important. Even when I think about my, my own family, there's four of us in our family. We have different gifts. We're just wired differently. In my house, I am the verbal processor. I have to talk about everything. I cannot read a book when I'm going to bed or I stay up because it, makes, it gets me spinning. And I start thinking about what I just read and I have to get up and write something about it or do something. So I can't do that. I have to do that first thing in the morning. And if I have to talk about something, it does not matter if it's 3 a.m. Honey, I got this idea. You got to hear this, you know, and, My ideas are never good at three o'clock in the morning. I don't know why. But I have to talk about things to process them. My wife is the opposite. She can make a decision, go to bed, sleep like a baby, never bothers her again. Doesn't work that way for me. Your house is probably similar. Our kids, they have very different gifts. But all those together are valuable. 
and they make our family what it is. It's the same thing when, when I'm thinking about how to assemble, one of my responsibilities is, is to assemble an effective staff of people that you help pay to make sure the ministry is carried out and our mission moves forward. So I have to look at, before we talk to anybody to join our team, they go through some assessment process to see how's this person gifted. And the answer might be, we don't need another one of those you know, on the team. And so there are people that are dreamers. And if you're a dreamer, you love thinking about what's next. It doesn't intimidate you for, for, to not know where you're headed. You don't know what's around the next turn, but you know you're going at it at 100 miles an hour. That's a dreamer. It doesn't bother you. But then we have people who take care of the details so things don't come off the rails. Now, which one of those is most important? Well, if you just had detail people all the time, it would be boring. If you just had dreamers all the time, nothing would ever get done. You might have fun, but nothing would ever happen. So when those two come together and work together in unity, big things happen. Anytime our churches move forward, of course, the dreamers get all the credit, but there's somebody in the background making sure it all happens and it happens effectively. Every part is important. But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. So here's what some people do. They say, yes, I'm part of the body of Christ, but I don't really need to be super connected. I'm okay without that. You're not everything you can be if you're disconnected from the body. That's what the Apostle Paul is trying to say. That this hand by itself doesn't really change much. But when it gets connected to the body, it performs a function that it never could otherwise. All this is useful for by itself is something to get stepped on and make you cuss in the middle of the night, you know, if it's laying in the floor. <laughs> it doesn't perform the function it was designed to perform unless it's connected to the body in the place where it has the most potential to make the biggest difference. And that's you. You have gifts that make a big difference. And when they're not connected to the body, when you're saying, you know what, I'm just going to come. I'm not really going to take next steps. I'm not really going to get involved. I'm just going to show up. That's going to be my job. You're missing out. And the church is missing out. Because when you get the knowledge that God has given you a gift and you go through a process to discover that gift, you know what you have now? Responsibility to use that gift in the body of Christ to move the mission of the church forward that was given to us by Jesus. You may have heard about the guy back earlier in the year. He's from North Carolina. He was in New Zealand playing basketball, got poked in the eye, and his eyeball popped out. It was still connected, though. It popped out, kind of laying over here. Don't Google looking for that picture unless you've got a strong stomach. I won't show it to you. But he tells the story that he could still see out of this eye that was, you know, popped out of the socket. And they finally get it, you know, the doctors get it popped back in and, and he's fine. But when it wasn't where it was supposed to be, it wasn't performing the function it was supposed to perform. And it's the same thing with us. When you're not connected to the body of Christ, you're never performing the function you were designed to perform in your life. You will benefit when you discover how God gifted you and you use that. 
but also the church will benefit and its mission will move forward. You have a gift that you need to use and the church needs for you to use it. In verse 27, let's read this out loud together. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Now I may have said all this for the last several minutes and you say, but what is my spiritual gift? How do I find that out? Well, I'm glad you asked the question because I have the answer. We believe that if you discover the way God made you and the way God gifted you, not only will you serve with more passion and enjoy it more, it'll move the church's mission forward. And so what we made a decision to do was to invest in each of you in such a way that you can discover those things. So I want you to memorize this website or write it down. It's pretty easy. It's just an extension off of ours. It's lifepointchurch.com slash me. Remember that lifepointchurch.com slash me. And when you go to that website, go to that URL, you're going to be taken to a landing page that looks just like this. It's called Assess Me. And you have to go through it like this because if you don't, it'll cost. This is somewhere between three and four dollars per person at our church at all three campuses today. There's probably 1,100 or so here. There's another 500 or so at the other two campuses. That's 1,600 or more that we've said it's worth the investment for every one of the people that go to our church to be able to say, I know how God made me, and I know where I can serve in the most effective way, not only to help me, but to help move the church's mission forward. And so this is free. Now, if you're just visiting from another church, go to your pastor and say, they paid for it. Yeah, they paid for their people to take it and their church to take it. I'm just kidding. Everybody in here can take it. Try, I mean, like, don't post this on Facebook or anything, but, <laughs> but if you call LifePoint your church home, take this. Even if, you're, even if you're not yet a follower of Christ, you need to do this because this will help you discover how God made you. And maybe it'll help you take that one more step closer to Jesus. So when you go there, it's just going to ask you to register and then go on to the next screen. Do the registration. You'll put in your name, your email address. Go on to the next one. It is going to ask you, uh, it'll ask you to create a username and a password. And then it'll go to the last screen. And it does ask for your address. So give that. Uh, that we are the only people that get that. Nobody else gets it. So you won't get spam from it. Then it's going to say congratulations, and then you click to log in, and when you log in, it's going to take you to a page that looks like that. There are three different assessments that we want everybody to take. This will take you about 30 minutes or so, depending on how fast you read and click. It could take you 35, but just grab a cup of coffee and sit down and go through this, and you are going to learn your what is, what's called your e-personality. This is kind of like e-harmony, you know, for, for the spiritual world. It's going to look at you through three different lenses, okay? And the lenses are your personality, your gifts, your grace gifts, these are spiritual gifts, and then your leadership style, which is just how you respond to people around you and to the environment that you're in. And so each of those will come back with a result that's, that's going to list all the ways that it's best to communicate with you, all the ways it's best for you to uh, it will even help you in other areas of your life. You know, how, what to say to this person, what not to say. It'll list all the things that you might be good at. And then uh, if you, if, then you take the, the grace gifts one, which is going to come back to one of the uh, spiritual gifts that are listed in Scripture. 
And then the leadership style and then the skills. Skills is just like if you play guitar, if you're a craftsman, if you like to paint, whatever. You just list that on your own. But when it comes to, for instance, the leadership style, it's going to come down to uh, two extremes. One would be a pioneering leader. That's that dreamer that when we get ready to start something new, I'm going to look for all the pioneering leaders because when you get an opportunity to start something new, it excites you. And so then I know I have the right people in the room. Because if you're not a pioneering leader, that would be over what it would call a pastoral leader. That new stuff kind of turns your stomach. You just don't know why things can't just be the same day after day. So I'm not going to ask you to do anything new. I'm going to ask you to help take care of somebody. But the people that like to do stuff new, if you get them in a room, they're like, come on, let's go. I'm ready. I love this. This is what gives me life. And then when it comes to your personality, there's either task-driven people or there are personal or uh, people-driven people. People are driven by relationships. And depending on where you are, we'll be able to determine, hey, this person would like this role. And so even, even those of you that are getting ready to start college, getting ready to think about a career, getting ready to think about your major, going through this will really help you see how God made you, how God gifted you, and then how you respond to the environment around you. And if you do those three things, it's really going to help when, when you see an opportunity to serve here at our church or anywhere, in the community, at your school. When you see that, you'll know which ones you're most attracted to. Because the last thing we want is somebody sitting with a group of kindergartners going, when is this hour going to be over? <laughs> like, I get the whole Jesus thing. They're driving me crazy. They won't pay attention. Uh, oh, my gosh. I cannot do this anymore. And it just drains you. When you come out of there, it's like, honey, I'm taking a nap. I just dealt with a bunch of kindergarten kids. But there's some people who will do that, and they'll be energized by it. It'll make their day better. It'll give them energy rather than suck it out of them. If, if you're a greeter, it's probably not a good idea to be a greeter if you see people pulling in a parking lot and go, oh, gosh, that person's going to be smiling. That person's going to be happy, and I'll put on my smile for you. Like That's probably not the best role for you. But when you discover how God made you, you will be able to look and say, this is my gift and I'm valuable. I might not be a good morning person and I might not be the best person to shake hands and say hello, but you know what? I'm good at this and you'll discover what you're good at and it'll fill you up. Just imagine what our church would look like if everybody serving did so in an area where God had gifted them already. It'd feel a lot better, wouldn't it? It would be a lot easier to say yes. Imagine in your, in your neighborhood, when you see needs pop up, you're like, I'm gifted at that. I'll go do that. Imagine at school, those of you still in school, imagine when you see in the classroom a need pop up or an opportunity to help somebody, and you know I am gifted at that, and I'm going to go in that direction and lean into that, and I'm going to make a difference there. Imagine what our city would look like if just this group of people who said, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus and I know how I'm gifted, and I know how I'm supposed to serve, imagine the difference that would be made. That's the opportunity, and now it's the responsibility of everybody who has discovered how God has made them. And if you're not yet a follower of Christ, if you're just still coming, checking things out, that's okay. We invite you. Keep coming. Keep checking things out. I want you to do this too. Because I think as you discover that God made you in a special way, that he created you, in a special way, it will help you move closer and closer to Jesus.
So you take it too. Don't think you've got to be a follower of Christ to do it, but just take it and see where it leads. Imagine what it would look like if we all did this. See, the, the church is a family, and every single person has a part to play. I want to encourage you to go home and do this and find your part and play it. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gifts you give us. And God, those of us who have yet to discover how you've gifted us, whether it's serving or praying or giving or whatever you have gifted us to do, that we will do that with passion to help move the mission of the church forward and help us serve in an area where we can see a difference being made. May every person here go home and do this and discover how you've gifted them and how you've created them. I pray this in Jesus' name.